0: Welcome again to Living and Loving Each Day. So happy that you're with us today and joining us. I always have beautiful, inspiring guests with me. And are usually the guests I choose are people who are making a difference in our community. And each week we share stories of people who are using their talents and their gifts to serve the community and to serve others and to make a positive impact on our world. So from entrepreneurs to activists to artists and educators, we'll shine a light on the incredible work you and um, today I have a question for you and now this is a little more uh, serious question but it's a good question and I know it applies to a lot of people that I even know personally and that question is have you ever experienced the loss of a child so today we want to tackle that just in the only in the 18 minutes we have and um, I'm pleased and honored to welcome Sarah Kelkey she is a mother realtor coach, and we are realtors together. We try to do as many deals as we can together. I'm just putting that out there so that we maybe, wouldn't that be awesome? I brought your buyer for your listing or something. That'd be great. I'd love that. But she is also a coach and an international speaker who has helped thousands of real estate agents, not just in Canada, but in the U.S. And her she does keynote speeches. She has a coaching program. And she's has online courses, too. So this is a multi-talented lady. In addition to her real estate experience, Sarah is dedicated to just uh, teaching agents and team leaders how to achieve their goals and to still maintain a fulfilling personal life, which is kind of what this show is all about, living and loving each day and not just our one thing, our one work area. So but today, Sarah is joining us to share her personal experience and it's her perspective on the gifts that can emerge from the heartbreaking loss of a child. And so drawing from her own personal experience of this unimaginable loss, um, and despite the profound grief and pain that it causes, Sarah has found a way to use her experience to help others navigate this this grief and loss experience. So my honor, fellow realtor and friend, uh, Sarah Kelty, welcome here, so glad to have you. Thank you for having me, it's great to be here. This is great. Um, I just wanted, you know, we 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 know each other from professional ways in the real estate world in Edmonton, Alberta. But I really felt um, touched when you shared with me about your the loss of your child. And there are so many people that I'm going to turn off this music now. There's so many people who have experienced something. My daughter actually had her daughter when she had her baby after eight weeks. She had a near SIDS experience, mm-hmm. and so we didn't realize she's in that particular area that how many mothers that we met at the hospital who had their kids did not survive near SIDS the sudden infant death syndrome and my daughter was very fortunate and uh, and it, she did survive so it's such an important role and I want you to just share your experience about that and just shared your beautiful light on uh, you know the outcome and how you've made this into a really not a positive experience but a, um, a shining light on it
1: experience I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a tough topic to talk about, and I think it's even harder for people to listen about. So you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, "Oh my God, <laughs> what is this? Don't be terrified. You know, the first thing that I learned going through grief is that there people around you will fall into three categories. Uh, there'll be people who will show up and be so brave. And help you and be there for you. And, you know, just even if they're in your space, they'll be there. Um, Then there are the neutrals, the people who are like, let me know if I can help, but not really. (laughs) Like just, you know, they're, they're like there, they want to support you, they want to help you, but they also um, are fairly afraid and hesitant um, on The last side, there's the third group of people, and that that third group of people are people who are definitely the people who aren't going to help you at all, and who are going to say things that are harmful, um, even though they don't know it. So, if you are listening today and you think, "Oh, yeah, you know that's a tough subject, well, be challenged. be challenged to be somebody who is living in that discomfort so that you don't become that one third of people who unwittingly you know, I don't think anyone really does it on purpose um, mm-hmm. unwittingly becomes the person who says or does things that are really hurtful to a person who's going through grief or trauma or loss. Mm-hmm. so um my daughter Ruby, was uh born officially February 13th, 2012. I got to think of the years now. Mm. Uh, And she passed away. Uh, She was full-term pregnancy. I was uh, nine months pregnant, 38 38 weeks. Um, Everything was great. And in, in real estate, in our career, being pregnant is very weird because, you know, you're starting your career. I was still, you know, early enough in my career that I was really, really aware and really a little bit afraid, frankly, of what my customers and the public and people would think if they knew that I was pregnant, Mm -hmm. uh, because we've all had it. You know, anybody who's been in real estate, anybody who's been in business, you have anything going on in your personal life and you will lose customers over it. And unfortunately, we learned kind of the hard way. So I was like, kind of hid the pregnancy Mm -hmm. and tell people I had, um, you know, all the normal things. I had morning sickness for like four months. Um but I was seen by the best doctors cause I'm a super researcher. So I had the best doctors, everything was perfect. Um, day after day after day, everything was fine. And I was sh- out showing houses. I was 38 weeks pregnant, um, had a doctor's appointment two days before everything was totally fine. Again, you know, seeing the very best top specialist specialists because that's how I am. Um, and I just didn't, I felt like something wasn't really right. So I said it. to my husband, Hey, I'm just going to stop at the hospital on my way home. Don't bother coming. I'm sure I'm just being paranoid because I'm, I'm definitely somebody, That's why I think I'm good at my job, that I'm good at taking care of everybody else. And uh, I went in and the same doctor who saw me two days later or two days before for my appointment um, was the one to tell me that my daughter had passed away. Yeah. So they looked and they looked and they looked and they looked for her heartbeat and couldn't find it. And they said, you know, immediately I asked for, can I have an autopsy? Like, can we find out what happened? Like, This makes no sense to me. And everybody around me, my two best friends at the time, were both due within two weeks of me. And both of them, everything totally fine. No problem. So um, they just said, you know, it is what it is. They sent me home and they said, well, you know, go home. We'll come back on Monday because it was Saturday. I was out showing houses. Come back on Monday and we'll induce you. So, um, we, we came home, you're in such shock. We came home and then um, my husband had come to the hospital and then he drove me home. And a few hours later I was talking to an aunt of mine and I'm not still kind of private about a lot of this story, but I talked to her and she said, you know what, just go back. They can't deny you to go back through the hospital. So I went back and she was born the next morning. Um, and she was perfect. I mean, like, seven pounds, 10 ounces, Mm. little eyes, perfect little lips. Everything was absolutely perfect about her, except she passed away. And the strangest thing is that moment of like, Well, did she take a breath or didn't she take a breath? If she took a breath to a lot of people I've told the story to, they're like, oh, well, you just had, you know, a late miscarriage Um, and really very dismissive and very hurtful and very rude and like, well, you didn't know her. So you couldn't really be linked to every possible story. And I heard um, from someone close to me in my family said that Satan took her. That was a good one. Satan took her. Um, I heard that God wanted her more than I did, that God had other plans for me, that God had plans for her, that everything happens for a reason, that there was probably something very wrong with her. Like she would have had um, literal words that she probably would have had autism or some sort of a terrible disease. So God spared me. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) All the things you're just like, what now? The reason why it's so important for us to share these stories of grief is every single person I know who's gone through any sort of tragic loss can tell me exactly the same type of stories,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: exactly the same. It doesn't matter if they have a cancer diagnosis, if they've lost a child, if they um, are going through something really deep and dark. I, I have... Uh, a couple of very close friends whose children uh, passed away by suicide. Mm -hmm. And there are so many people who Mm -hmm. show up at the doorstep trying to use words to justify what happened and truly, truly heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. So the people at the hospitals are very, very good with people who lose infants. Mm -hmm. Um, They let you spend time with them. Mm-hmm. And um there's a really good community of women. And I think anybody who's been through a really hard loss, um, you find refuge in people who get it, you know, people oh, who do it. and yeah. it, the funny thing about being a real estate agent is as much as I was like, no, I'm just gonna keep working to the end, and all the doctors said just keep working. Um, the doctor who saw me uh, last was also the doctor that helped me deliver Ruby. That uh, was my daughter's name, and um, she—I think she was worried about potential liability because she strongly talked me out of getting an autopsy, which is highly unusual. Hmm. Um, was very aggressive about it, and at the time, I was in such shock and grieving, and all of those things that I went along with it. And of course, uh, it was too late afterwards, so I never knew. Oh, I'm sorry. I never- Happen. She just, they were like, you know, things happen sometimes. We can't really tell you. We don't know. And it is what it is. You know, better luck next time was kind of- Oh thinking. my God. Oh, that, that's, not,
0: that's not soothing. <laughs> that's not
1: helpful. No. It's not. And I, you know, in retrospect, you think it was the same thing that I've heard from a lot of people who go through any sort of difficulty or trauma Mm -hmm. that it's not necessarily built into us to be an advocate for ourselves. Mm. Uh, What I've realized all these years later and what the grief counselor really helped me with is that your first reaction Mm -hmm. and your first feeling that happens once you know of a loss is usually where you end up. And my first feeling was, well, this happens, you know, I know it happens to horses. That's literally what I said. I was like, well, I know this happens in nature. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't believe it's happening to me, but I was just the person struck by lightning that day. There was no rhyme or reason there. It was just bad things happen. Mm -hmm. And, um, it took many, like a long journey to kind of come back to that same space of like, I don't know, you know, I don't know why I wish I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's any cosmic gift. I don't think there's a reason for it. I don't think, I don't, I I think it's really hard to show up in yeah. a world where things are just, you know, where things like good things happen to good people and bad things happen to bad people. It's, not, um, it's just not the reality of it. No,
0: no, exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
0: we understand too about like what my, I just shared a little bit about my daughter's experience. And now we have, she actually has a, a webpage as a hub for information for parents who have severe needs, any disabilities in their children. Because in her case, Kalea had brain, occipital brain damage and parietal brain damage. And so she doesn't see, she has cortical vision impairments and she has cerebral palsy. But um, and so she can't walk on her own, so she can't be independent. But she's like the light of our life. She tells jokes. She's hilarious, right? And so now McKennis brings parents together who need rescue, need information because a lot of times you don't even know what questions to ask. So you go home with this baby who has severe needs, and you're like, "What do you do?" So I know that the trauma when there's that trauma is just something that's so powerful, and it's. Mm-hmm. People like you who share how you you don't, you don't overcome trauma, but you understand that that happened, and mm-hmm. this is my attitude towards it now. I'm not carrying that feeling you had when it happened, because a lot of people walk around with that and feel that that's what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But not, I mean, that happened, and we honor that that happened. It's it's, but today I can feel this way, and I can mm-hmm. share. Like you're sharing your story Mm -hmm. to maybe help other people who are going through that right now. So thank you for that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it never gets easier. (laughs) I don't think that's the, you know, it never goes away. It never changes. You (laughs) never, grief is something that lives in your heart in the same place as love. So you, there's people in your life, you never stop loving them. And so you, that same part of your heart is, still sad. It's just, you just learn how to live with it. And it then becomes a gift over time. Right. And that's exactly
0: what we call this. We call this about, you know, making this stories of grief and hope, but we're also saying how you can change it and make, because I, I do believe that it is your mindset, like you can have those feelings, mm-hmm. but it, it's what you cognitively believe to make to, to make it so that it is something more positive than it would have been. I mean, not that it's positive. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying that you can be just reframe it so that it's easier to live with. Mm -hmm. Well, no, that's even a bad thing to say, isn't it? So it's just, just thinking about being, being cognitive and just being aware and mindful of your feelings and honoring those and then making the best that you can. And everyone's different. Like you said, every experience is so different.
1: Mm -hmm. You know, you're right. It's, it would be easy to live with the fear that everything you love could get taken away from you. Well, that's a, it's a big fear that happens. You know, when you've been through losing someone, anyone that really Mm -hmm. matters to you, Mm -hmm. um, it can make you either hold on tighter to everybody. And I think I'm in the holding tighter um, Mm -hmm. that I hold on tighter to each moment and in onto life. Um, or you can go the other way, which is like, I'm just not going to get attached. I'm going to be, you know, um, just to cope. And I've certainly been in that space as well of being like not wanting to get really close with mm-hmm. some people sometimes because, you know of the of the pain that you go through. Exactly. So we are complicated people. we're We're just we're so complicated. Okay. Um, but there are gifts that have come many, many years later, for sure. Oh, well, I'm I'm very
0: proud of you for for that because I mean that
1: and like you said, just
0: sharing your story can really touch some some people who are experiencing this or have just gone through this mm-hmm. and wondering. Because on I can just I remember sitting at the stallary for five five days five weeks. Calais was in there, and mm-hmm. we're just standing around going like our eyes were just bugged out like, what's going on and how you know and it wasn't until it wasn't until about. I think it was four days later that the doctor says, well, when you take her home, she'll have a feeding tube. And and that, though, my daughter did a video about that, saying, did you hear what he said when you take her home? Like, I mean, I don't care what, you know. And, and it was just such a powerful, just the words, like you said. The words are very powerful. We have to be careful and honour each mm-hmm. other and be a little more respectful of each other, I think, when we say things. Could be our own beliefs, but that has nothing to do with calming or are having love and compassion and empathy for the people who are going through these experiences.
1: Yes. And, you know, I think it's okay to, the easiest thing to say, the best thing to say is to say, I don't know what to say. Yeah, And it's okay to stumble around. I think so many people are like really afraid that they're going to say the wrong thing. And if you were in that camp, you were in the right camp. (laughs) You know what I mean? You are in the right place. Your heart's in the right place and do a little Googling, do some research. Hey, what do I say to someone who's lost a child? There's lots of resources out there and show up and be brave, be brave enough to be the lasagna. You know, I say, I call the people, the lasagnas are the people who show up at your doorstep with lasagna.
0: Oh, that's so nice.
1: They're just like, here it is. Text you. Hey, I left you lasagna in your porch these are the people in life that, you know, we want to be and be the lasagna is not just the eight mm-hmm. days after something happens. You know, you send the flowers, you have, don't send lilies, my God. Um, <laughs> so many lilies, um, be the person who shows up 30 days after and yes. 60 days after and that- a year after. And especially with parents, don't be afraid of saying, the person's child's name, name I know oh, yeah yeah
0: it's she's a beautiful person like she she was there she's a person she, you know you gave birth to her she's beautiful yeah. um oh well, Sarah I just you know this is so I I when I heard your story about this I just felt like you know we have to share this and same. I think have a conversation and to just to say hey, everybody out there be lasagnas Okay. Yes. Let's, let's just change this up. And if we did have the wrong, and I do get that people don't deliberately say, "I'm going to be mean and say this." I, I know we know that, but mm-hmm. you can be not. You know, I don't like the word ignorant, but you cannot understand mm-hmm. the importance of your words, mm-hmm. and so we have to just be more mindful and more more loving to each other. I'm so proud of you and I'm proud of what you're doing here today. And I want to thank you so much for being a part of this, of my podcast. And I just want to thank everybody for joining in. We're already at 19 minutes. It goes so fast, especially when you have wonderful, wonderful people on your show. So it's just an honor to talk to you about this. And I really, I hold that in my heart because that's pretty important. And I'm really glad that you're here to do that with us. So everybody, thank you so much for joining in. Um, You can always... uh, Sarah DeKelkey's name is all over. If you want to contact her, she's got a great website. And if you want to buy or sell a house, call us both. If we come in. We'll come in as a pair, <laughs> and um, and or not, whatever.
1: <laughs> I'm not. I fine. like it.
0: <laughs> whatever. We just want to have fun, and we want to do. We want to be. Of our clients and everybody out there so, so everybody thank you very much for joining us today sarah it's been an honor and a privilege and please go to living and loving each day and, and if you want to subscribe to the podcast or to be just to get in touch please do that and uh, everybody thank you so much this was a beautiful time with you sarah thank you so much i appreciate it bye everybody Bye.